Oh, you guys are so sweet. Did everyone have a good spring break? Everyone had fun? Did anybody go out of state? Did you go out of state? Did anybody go out of the country for spring break? Wow, a couple. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We don't get a spring break, unfortunately. Sad, but I'm glad you guys got to. What? Yeah, we, we do get some vacation. That's true. But you guys get summers off. That's more than 14 days. That's true, we do get interns. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm excited to be up here with you guys. Um, this is our last um, talk on this book, on this series. Um, I know it's sad, but we will have another one after today. So next week, we will start a new series. But um, to recap, to test your guys' knowledge, um, what was the first habit? Bless. Yeah, we talked about blessing others with acts of kindness, gifts, and words of encouragement. What was the second one? Eat. Eat. Yeah, sharing a meal with others. What about the third one? Listen. Yes, listening to the Holy Spirit's voice. And the fourth one? Learn. Yes, equipped ourselves with knowledge of the word to proclaim Christ's name to the world. So we are on our last chapter, our last habit. And if you remember, we'll take us back. So Nick started the series off, and he talked about kind of what it means to evangelize and evangelists. And he talked about how we're not all called as gifted evangelists, but we are all called to live missionally in the way we live our lives, right, in the way we surprise others. And that's the title of the book, Surprise the World. So um, when we live missionally, we are called to alert others to the reign of God. And that's kind of what that means. And so our last missional habit is sent. And this is a little bit hard when it's not as tangible, right, as eat or bless. But we're going to kind of break it down a little bit and you'll understand why. This is kind of the last chapter um, because this is kind of, we'll wrap up these habits um, as we finish out. So as I was thinking about scent, I was thinking about this movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it called Shrek. <laughs> okay, we got some Shrek fans out there. <laughs> um, does anybody not like Shrek? Anybody like anti-Shrek? couple people. I know on ski trips, we watch, on one of the buses, we watch like every single movie, and that was rough. That was, <laughs> that was really tough. Um, but, we're bringing back in. Um, yeah, so Shrek is one of those classic movies, um, and when I was thinking about Scent, I specifically was thinking of Shrek's quest. Um, and if you know the movie, I'll recap a little bit. I have a couple pictures. Thank you. Um, so if you don't know, Shrek is an ogre. He's up here. And his sidekick, Donkey, um, are here. And Shrek, right, he wanted his swamp back, right? That was his place he lived, and um, it was getting really crazy. And so he was like, I want my swamp back. This is what I'm going to do. And he went to go talk to kind of the king, the Lord Farquaad, um, of the area to get his swamp back. There he is. Lovely man <laughs> up there. Um, and... So, when he went to go talk to him um, about getting his swamp back, he was able, um, so he was challenged to go on a quest. So in order to get his swamp back, he had to go on this quest. Do you guys know what the quest was? To save the princess. There she is. Lovely. In the tower. <laughs> um, right? So she's up there waiting to be rescued. There's a dragon. She's locked in a tower. The classic story. So, Shrek Here's Shrek. Um, Shrek is on this quest to go and save Fiona. Why did we want to rescue Fiona? 
Lord Farquaad wanted to marry her, right? That was, that was the um, desire of that quest. So that's why Shrek was sent there. Cool. So the rest of the story, we're just going to think about this quest. But the rest of the story, right, you know that she ends up being also an ogre. And they end up falling in love and all the rest, you know, forever after, all that fun stuff. Um, and then Donkey is with uh, the, the dragon. So all the fun stuff. Um, but this is just kind of a fun example um, as we start to think about um, what, what our quest is, what we're being sent on, um, just like Shrek. And so the problem with this quest, right, was that Shrek didn't really care, care about Lord Farquaad, right? He didn't care about his desire to marry Fiona. He didn't care about what the, the point of the quest was, but he wanted to get um, something from it, right? He wanted to um, get his swamp back. And so, um, but little did he know, right, his life would change forever. Like, he'd go on this quest, and it would be really pivotal in his life. Um, and because Shrek didn't care about um, Lord Farquaad, he wasn't a follower of, of him, the quest didn't work out. Um, for the mission to be successful, we have to follow the one who sends us. And the same goes for us. We are called on a quest to make Christ known, um, but we must be following the one that sends us in order to successively go on this calling. Um, we can't be pursuing one but not the other. We must follow the right person, which is Jesus, and be on the right quest, which is the Great Commission, to make him known to others. Um, Shrek was on the right quest, but he was doing it for his own gain. Um, and so it didn't work out the way they intended. Um, when we are following Christ, he sends us on the quest to make him known to others. And so that's what living missionally looks like. It's a call to follow Christ and to make him known. Um, we are part of a greater purpose. So we're going to look at two things um, as we think about this missional living. And one is follow, and the other one is being sent ones. And so we can see this, this calling to follow in Matthew 4.18. And if you have your Bibles or your apps, you can look this up. So we're going to go into Matthew. Um, it should be up here. Um, so while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And was going on from there, they saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And so we see Jesus, right, meeting these fishermen, these ordinary people out there, and calling them to a greater purpose. He's asking them, to leave behind not just a job, right? They, it was their livelihood. It's how they survived. It's what, what they knew, what they were comfortable in. Um, and he used that illustration of fishers of men to explain why he was here and asked them to join him into this calling. Um, so they left behind their comfort and they went and followed Jesus and became his disciples. And so as we look at this and we think about what following Christ looks like, um, we too have that same calling. We have that calling to follow Jesus and to leave behind like the worldly desires, the comforts, um, and to share the gospels with others. Um, and it wasn't just this, this, right, this grand quest. It was this everyday thing. Like, you're just out there fishing, and Jesus is like, come and follow me. And you're every day in what you're doing. Um, I have a greater purpose and a calling for your life. Um, and so we see that here in the disciples. And the second part of missional living is um, sent ones. And so this falls into the, the sent habit. Um, as we are sent followers of Christ, um, 
and we are here to point others to the reign of God. And we see in John 20, 21, Jesus says to his disciples, as the Father has sent me, so I also send you. So just like the disciples, um, Jesus is the one who sends us. And as we go on this quest, it's so important that we remember who is sending us and the purpose that we're being sent for. Um, so those are the two things. And when I think about missional living, um, I know some of you have been on mission trips, maybe with, um, with us or with a different church or um, served in different capacities. And I always think of those as these like great quests, right? We can think about those as opportunities um, to serve and to share Christ with others. Um, but when we think of quests, it can also be these everyday things. Like we are called on this quest and they might be small. They might not be rescuing a princess from a tower. It might not be these big moments. Um, they can be as small as, you know, encouraging a classmate or being kind and loving to a teammate. Um, it can just be like doing your ordinary life and, and being surprising to the world, um, to doing the little things and just to following Jesus and that calling wherever you are. Um, and so as we look at missional living, it's important that we look at Jesus's example. He gives us the exact model that we should be following. Um, he doesn't just throw us out there, right? He gives us this model. And as ambassadors of Christ, we are a reflection of the one who sends us as we live out what he has sent us to do. So if missional living means to point others to God, then what does the reign of God look like? And so that's what we're going to break this down. And so this goes into the chapter. There's a few things that um, can help us point others to the reign of God as we live um, these habits out. And so the first one is wholeness. One expression of the reign of God is wholeness. Jesus cared about the healing of broken people, and we can see this as we read on in Matthew. Um, so if you continue into that chapter, this is verse 23. And he went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and from the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. So we see in this passage, Jesus did a lot of things here. There's lots of accounts of Jesus bringing healing. And we can see it wasn't just in Galilee, it was in Jerusalem and beyond. And we can see how deeply he cared about um, the broken people, those that needed healing. And, um, and this is one of the elements of Jesus' model, wholeness. Um, so while Jesus was sharing the good news, he also was healing um, those around him. And it's still true today, right? We can point people to Jesus when we pray for healing for those in our lives. Um, and we, or maybe you guys are all going to choose different pr professions later on. And um, bringing wholeness might look like pursuing the medical field or being a counselor. Um, there are different ways that we can all pursue that wholeness and we can all follow Jesus' example for um, being there for the broken um, people that are in need of healing. And so that is one way um, when we treat broken people with grace and compassion, we can point others to the reign of God. The second one is justice. This is another element of Jesus' model. In Isaiah 1.17, we see the command to learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. And justice is also an expression of God's reign, and especially caring for the poor and powerless, as we see and hear 
um, the fatherless, um, the widow's cause. We can demonstrate this part of God's reign by giving, getting involved in organizations that maybe fight trafficking or promoting fair trade um, or things like homelessness. Um, and it can be, or it can be as simple as donating clothes to a shelter. Like we all don't have a, tons of means to give away, but we can um, look for opportunities to pursue justice and to pursue God's heart in that. Um, and so there are ways that around us that we can look um, to point others to, to God's reign. And so that's justice. The third one is beauty. Um, beauty is an expression of God's reign. I know that probably didn't come to mind at first, but as I read in, into this book, um, it was really cool. It talked about nature and art is a gift from God. Um, and creating art and bringing people along to experience God's creation is a way that we can point others to Jesus. Does anybody feel um, pretty connected or in awe when they're in nature of God's creation? I know for me, like I love being outside and sunsets and just the beauty around us. It's just amazing that he chose to, to delight in that and to give us that experience and um, colors and music and all of those things are an expression. So it might be a hike with friends. It might be going to look at the sunset or creating a painting for someone. Um, these can be cool opportunities to talk about God's beauty um, with others. And so the last one is reconciliation. Um, this is another element of Jesus's model. Um, and reconciliation between humans and God is at the heart of Christ's work on the cross. We get to experience freedom and a right relationship with God because of what Jesus did for us. And this re reconciliation is for Jews and Gentiles, for the slave and free, and so on. And as followers of Christ, we are to advocate for reconciliation and demonstrate it in our own lives. Um, and this might look like mediating disputes between classmates. Um, it might be telling someone about how God reconciles himself to us through Jesus, or it might be reconciling broken friendships that you have in your life. Um, and as we are in Holy Week, and Easter is almost here, um, right, we, we talk a lot about this reconciliation, and it's, it's something that we um, are going to talk about a Good Friday and on Easter, and what Jesus did on the cross was that ultimate reconciliation, and so that's part of Jesus's model and part of how we can point others um, to God's reign by demonstrating that in our own lives. Um, so two little bit of practical ways that we can do this to kind of help us remember to think about these things. Um, one of the ways is journaling. I know not everybody loves to write. I, I'm not a huge writer, but it is cool. And as I thought about journaling, I thought about on trips we used to do this thing called I Saw Jesus. And we would all kind of sit in a circle and we would say like, I saw Jesus in you when this happened, or I saw Jesus in the way you cared for someone, or um, we would just talk about these ways that we saw Jesus at work around us. And I think journaling can be a kind of similar space where we can write down those things and reflect on them um, and to see kind of God's handiwork around us and also remind us of ways that we can mirror God's work of reconciliation and justice and beauty and wholeness in our world. And the other way is accountability, um, which is a big word, but uh, small groups are a place for that. And by accountability, I just mean encouraging each other to, um, to incorporate these habits, to point others, um, to surprise the world. We can ask hard questions. We can learn together from each, from each other um, by the way we bless others, by the way we eat with others. We can be encouraged and challenged, and that's part of uh, accountability. Um, so being sent means following Christ and pointing others to the reign of God as we pursue the quest to make him known to others. Um, we should follow Jesus' model of missional living by showing others the expression of wholeness 
justice, beauty, and reconciliation that point others to the reign of God. And the good thing is that we aren't alone. Um, if you remember back to a couple of the other talks, we talked about listen, which is we have the Holy Spirit as a helper on this quest. We have a helper with us. And as well as we talked about learn, Brett talked about last week, um, that we have God's word to help equip us to do this mission, to remind us of who we're following. Um, we have God's word. Um, and so we hope that these missional habits um, were helpful, and we hope that um, you're able to incorporate them into your life. Um, and I know habits take time to build, so this won't be the last time you'll hear of us um, talking about it in small group. Um, but um, yeah, this is all we have for this series. And I'm going to pray, and we will head to small group. Um, dear Jesus, Lord, thank you that we could get back together, Lord, after a wonderful break of rest. Um, I pray that you would just um, guide the conversations tonight, that we would be able to challenge each other um, and learn from each other, Lord, and grow deeper in our relationship with you tonight. Um, I pray that um, you would help us to just be ambassadors, that we would um, be following you, and we would also be following your mission, Lord, that we would remind ourselves that we are um, sent by you and that you equip us for that quest, Lord. Um, so I pray for our week, um, and I pray in your name. Amen.